Ultrasound Gel Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Ultrasound Gel Podcast. My name's Mike Pratz and today I'm joined by my good buddy, J.A. Jacob, how are you and how do you like your new nickname? I am great and anything from you I love, so I love it. Okay, that's good because I know that you don't like Jake. I mean, I just I just feel like I'm not like a, you know, like you've met me, we've hung out a bunch. Do I act like a Jake? Like, hey, what up? I'm Jake. Like, I'm, it's just not, you know what I mean? Like all respect to everybody else whose name is Jake, but I just feel like that doesn't fit my personality well. Although I will say that if you call me Jake, I will not correct you because I respect you as a person. You can call me whatever you want, but secretly I will hate you. <laughs> I was flattered until the last part. I thought I was special, but I see now. Well, in any case, today, again, as always, something that we're pumped to talk about, COVID-19. Jacob, have you heard of COVID-19? I'm just like, I keep seeing a little uh, bit here and there about it. And... Yeah, I keep meaning to read up on it because I see it pop up on uh, Yahoo News, um, but I haven't really <laughs> been able to do that much research on it myself. Yeah, and my AOL news feed, it's just like... <laughs> It's all over. So I think it's some virus or something. Yeah, whatever. Um, this study is titled Comparative Study of Lung Ultrasound and Chest Computed Tomography Scan in the Assessment of Severity of Confirmed COVID-19 Pneumonia, Intensive Care Med, July 2020. So it's been a while since we talked about COVID-19. I'm sure everyone has been thinking it, living it, fearing it, hating it. But there has been so much on ultrasound and COVID-19, it's hard to parse through it. And we have tried our best to keep our database on ultrasoundgel.org up to date on all of the articles that are coming out. But there's been like a billion of them. And we talked about some of the initial ones, which basically covered what this looks like on ultrasound. And since then, there's been a lot of fantastic reviews, and there's been a lot that correlate ultrasound to CT. And what we know so far is that ultrasound's pretty good for finding COVID pneumonia. We know that it looks a lot like CT. The sensitivity and specificity seems pretty reasonable compared to both CT and PCR testing. And there's a good chance that ultrasound is better than chest x-ray for picking up this diagnosis. Now, one reason that we picked this article is because I haven't seen a whole lot on how point-of-care ultrasound actually helps us in this disease. I haven't seen a lot of studies that say it's saving time or it's decreasing time to diagnosis or helping us triage these patients or helping us know who's going to get sick. And there's probably a lot of variability in how everyone is using ultrasound for COVID-19. So I really wanted to see what these authors were getting at, that they're asking the question, how does lung ultrasound perform in determining the severity of COVID-19 pneumonia? And they used a chest CT to compare it to. The secondary question was, is a lung ultrasound score associated with clinical outcomes in COVID-19 patients? And I know it's secondary, but I was really interested in that. Can we use our ultrasound to actually figure out some clinical outcomes? So, Jacob, walk us through this study. For sure. So this was a multi-centered retrospective study 
that included patients from four university hospitals in France, and they took ED patients as well as ICU patients. Now, as far as their inclusion criteria, they chose adult patients who were admitted to the emergency department or the ICU with confirmed SARS-CoV-2 infection. So that's symptoms and a positive PCR. And they had to have had their lung ultrasound and chest CT within 24 hours of each other. The lung ultrasound was performed within the first two hours after admission. And then, as I previously mentioned, the CT scan had to be performed within 24 hours of the lung ultrasound. Most of the CTs that were done were non-contrast and low-dose chest CTs. The study authors calculated a lung ultrasound score that they compared it to mild, moderate, or severe pneumonia on the CT scan as read by the radiologist. As far as who did the ultrasounds, these were emergency physicians or intensivists who were also taking care of the patient. They mentioned that around 40% of these were what they called the highly skilled experts, and 10% were fairly novice, but it had at least 25 supervised scans. When scanning the patient, they had a 12-lung region approach. They did modify that region approach a bit. Normally, when I talk about doing lung ultrasound, especially when looking for infections, I always talk about how important it is to look at the posterior thorax, since that's the lower lobe and the most likely place for pneumonia to be located. Because they had patients that could be a little more brittle, maybe on the vent, they elected to just look at the patients in a supine position. So they didn't look at the entire posterior area. They kind of tried to get through it by looking, they say, posterior to the posterior axillary line. So this is like a lazy 12. A lazy 12. You don't feel like moving the patient, but you're trying to get the 12 in still. Exactly. They used a curvilinear transducer, which applied to them because that's my favorite one for lung ultrasound. They looked for alveolar consolidation, which is defined as subpleural echopore region with or one with tissue-like echotexture, interstitial syndrome, which is two or more positive regions in the four anterior lateral regions in each lung, a pneumothorax, which is defined as the absence of lung sliding, which coincidentally we know is not super specific, but that's how they defined it pleural effusion, or pleural irregularity, which included small subpleural consolidations. As far as the lung ultrasound score, they don't have it in the main article, but there is a plethora of information in their supplementary data. I'd recommend checking that out for sure. So what they did was they summed the points from each of the 12 regions, and each region was assigned a point value. Zero was normal, one was moderate interstitial syndrome, Two was severe interstitial syndrome, which was multiple or coalescent B-lines, and three was alveolar consolidation. So the scores could range from totally normal, zero, or every lung field consolidated, which was 36. Wow. So they were doing all these lung ultrasounds and correlating it with the CTs, and they were basically trying to find out, was the lung ultrasound associated with the CT severity? They ended up having 100 patients Just for context, about 77% came from the emergency department. There was a whole lot of patients that were excluded because their CT was performed after 24 hours from the lung ultrasound. They excluded almost 200 patients, and they only had 100 patients after that. So that's a big chunk. Median age 61, 35% female. About 17% had a BMI over 30, so that's always helpful. 
Uh, and there was a median of about four hours between the lung ultrasound and the chest CT. So not too long that we would think they could be dramatically different. For their primary outcome, was the lung ultrasound associated with the CT-rated severity? The answer is yes, it was. Overall, the area under the curve was 0.78. The minimal CT severity group had a lung ultrasound of 8, moderate 14, severe 20. And I tell you that just so you can see that the lung scores did vary and correlate with how bad the CT pneumonia was. So that's what they wanted. And they found out, I liked the way they put it, where the lung ultrasound greater than 23 predicted a severe COVID pneumonia on CT with the specificity greater than 90%. So that's pretty impressive. And then likewise, or conversely, lung ultrasound less than 30 excluded severe pneumonia with the sensitivity greater than 90%. Now, why they don't give actual sensitivities or specificities and just kind of leave it greater than 90%, I don't know, but I could not find it anywhere in the article where they gave the actual numbers or the information that you could calculate it yourself. So we're left with saying it's probably decent. Secondary outcomes, which remember I was very interested in because I wanted to see if lung ultrasound actually correlated with some of these clinical findings. They did find that lung ultrasound score was higher in mechanically ventilated patients. So in ventilated, it was 28, non-ventilated, 14. Pretty significant difference there. Everybody that was ventilated had at least a score of 19 on their lung ultrasound score. So area under the curve for that is 0.92, which is really good. And then lung ultrasound score was also higher in patients that had poor oxygenation. So they did an SpO2 to FiO2 ratio, less than 357. And they found that that score was 19 when you, when you had a very bad ratio versus 11 in those who did not. And so another pretty decent difference there. So do you think that the patients that were intubated were sicker or they had atelectasis because they were intubated? That's a really good question. And I think that is one of the complicating limitations of this. Because similarly, you could ask, what if the intubation itself caused worsening of their disease process? The only other thing that they looked at was ICU versus ED. And I guess they were making the idea that maybe intensive care unit patients are sicker than the ones in the ED. And they had a much higher lung ultrasound score as well. And much of this can, as Jacob noted, be found in the electronic supplemental data, which we'll link to in the show notes. They ended up doing test characteristics for lung ultrasound compared to CT um, using the 200 hemithoraces that they studied. And I'm not going to go through all of that here because that's been studied before. But it's pretty sensitive for interstitial syndrome, like the B lines, and we knew that. It's not as accurate at all for consolidation or for pleural irregularities on this study, and pretty specific for pleural effusions. So overall, I thought this was interesting. It's multi-centered. They tried to tie the lung ultrasound to some clinically-oriented outcomes. They met their power analysis, and they had people that weren't super users of ultrasound, so maybe it's a little bit more generalizable to everyone that might be using it in this pandemic. Jacob, what did you think of this study? I liked it a lot, to be honest. Uh, You kind of mentioned it, that there was a lot of data that is out there that talks about lung ultrasound in COVID patients. And I think it's important stuff. Practically speaking, the reason for me that it's so important is because it's often difficult 
to get a sick COVID patient to the CT scanner because they have to, first off, there's a protocol to taking the patient out of the room. And second off, they have to clean the machines. Um, and thirdly, sometimes the radiologists are a little bit reluctant to have COVID patients come back just for concern of exposure to their staff. So for me, the fact that you can do this at the bedside instead of having to transport them out of their room is pretty important and is an advantage. That being said, it's good to know that some people are starting to think about putting data out there that actually shows clinical outcomes. Now, this isn't really the clinical outcome saying like, you know, when we see this on ultrasound, it means the patient has um, this outcome per se, but it does correlate it with the CT scan, which that has actually been found to correlate with patient outcomes. So I'm glad that this is being used in a manner that is, I guess, more applicable to daily practice other than, hey, we can do this. So I like this. It's not really changing my practice because I was already using lung ultrasound. And if the lungs look awful, I'm going to assume that they have worse COVID. But it's nice that there is data out here to kind of prove that. I think you're totally right. And you hit the nail on the head that this really depends what you're doing with COVID right now. If you're not using it at all, for whatever reason, maybe the resources or the protocols you have set up, then this probably isn't going to change too much. But if you're already using it to look at these patients' lungs or patients that potentially could have it, I think this does add that now we know these findings do correlate with worsening when you have more of them in your lungs. So to summarize this study, this was a retrospective multi-center study from four EDs and ICUs in France looking at 100 patients with COVID-19 pneumonia. They found that a lung ultrasound score, which basically detailed how many zones of the lung had findings, did correlate with the severity based on CT. There were higher scores in patients that were intubated and had poor oxygenation. Take-home points for this article. In COVID-19 patients, the degree of lung ultrasound findings correlates with the severity of disease based on CT. The degree of the lung ultrasound findings might correlate with clinical severity, but this study has a few too many limitations to really show that conclusively. So hopefully we'll have more on this stuff in the future. Thanks to the authors for putting this out there, and thank you for listening to our podcast. As always, you can find out more at ultrasoundgel.org. Check us out on Facebook, talk to us on Twitter, and hopefully you do, because I look forward to talking to you later. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Pressure. More. Gel. More. Ultrasound gel. 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 Gel